Welcome to Water Pull Off Fit Pod. Uh, Marin Lazic, your host. Uh, next to me, co-pilot and by his admission, the best driver to ever play a game, uh, James Falzon. <laughs> I was good at driving to the games, you're right, Marin. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, uh, before we start his app, um, we should probably acknowledge the sad passing of one of the greats, Tibor Benedek. Mate, wasn't uh, he an absolute legend of our game is yeah and uh we had a chat off the air last night about it and for me he was probably the first left-hander to kind of like i used to just go oh wow this guy's is just amazing um yeah when we were growing up he was one of the big names that every every junior knew everyone knew how he played everyone watched everyone loved watching him play yeah and obviously he's achieved a lot not just his uh as a player, but um, as a, as a coach as well. So um, yeah, he'll be remembered, I think. Yeah, as, um, as a coach, and um, we're not going to go into his resume because we wouldn't be able to do it justice. Um, but the one thing I did want to say is that I never played with him or against him, but he did play in the same club that I played with over in Slema, and um, everyone there speaks so highly of him as a person. So obviously he was a phenomenal player with the club, won them championships, did did the things in the water. But it was what he, the impact that he had on that community out of the water that I thought made him such a special person. And I think that's so important, right? Like because there's been some amazing players that have been forgotten because they just weren't that nice of people outside the pool. Um, and, and it's not that they might not have been nice people, but it's that they they go play their water polo and get out of here. Whereas he made a massive impact on that community, um, um, and, and and still does. And what was phenomenal was the. Did you see the scenes in and around sort of Margaret Island and around Hungary? The the thousands and thousands and thousands of um, mourners who went to pay their respects. Um, what an incredible sight! No, uh, it's. Um yeah, amazing, obviously, water polo player. And, uh, yeah, be like you, I never met him, but he sounds like he was an amazing person as well. And, yeah, he's definitely left a mark on our game and be will be remembered. Um, today's guest, though, to uh, pretty stoked about this one, uh, Leah Unitas, uh, Australian Olympic goalkeeper. Olympic goalkeeper. Um, she was a 2012 FINA World Cup silver medalist. Uh, 2013 World Cup sil- World Championship silver medalist. A bronze medalist at 2019 and went to the Rio Olympic Games. Oh, and won a National League Championships in 2018, was it? Three years ago. Was it three years ago? What's, what are you in now? 2000 and... Yeah, let's yeah, go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> Corona's messed me up. I don't know what year it is anymore. Yeah, completely out of whack. But um, what an awesome chat. Yeah, um, great chat. Stoked to, um, to you know, sp- uh, speak to her. I was lucky enough to work with her um, with some of the camps and, uh, um, yeah, her training. And, yeah, stoked to talk to her all things water polo. Uh, obviously, she has lots of energy, lots of great advice. Um and I think my favourite thing was probably talking about um, training as a female athlete. Uh, I think sometimes, 
even though yes we are we're equal um we are so different in terms of male and female bodies and hormones and all the rest of us so we touched on that which was kind of cool and i find that stuff pretty interesting well, i do have a much more advanced body than we do yes um yeah they can create babies but they need us still so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> anyway um Good chat. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope you enjoy our chat with her more than our banter here. <laughs> um, Leah, welcome to the show. How are you going? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, thanks for uh, coming on. Uh, did you just finish training? or? Yeah, I just got home from training now. Yeah, what, uh, with N-Swiss or Australian yeah, team? Yeah, so... Um, we're back in the pool with Enfys, so we have um, sessions each morning this week, um, and then we have a gym on the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, so, and I, I did I did an extra set after gym as well. So, trying to thank to get my uh, session numbers up. Always doing extras, eh? And how, how are you feeling? How's after a couple of months off, not being in the water, not being in having gym with each other? How are you feeling? How's the body holding up? It's um, it's amazing to be back with everyone. Like we're so we see each other twice a day, every day, forever, and then we go on three months nearly where we haven't seen each other. In oh, it's crazy. So it's so awesome to be back with everyone. Um, the body's holding up okay. Um, I have to take things uh, slow and steady. The tortoise definitely wins the race when it comes to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like things are going well. I wasn't doing nothing during the break. Um, so I tried to keep uh, keep what I could up where possible. Um, but, yeah, just have to be smart getting back into things, uh, manage my load really well, um, and in, make sure that I'm doing the basics right and uh, getting te- technical, uh, fine-tuning my technicality first. And is that something that, that you manage? Like, Is that something that you're just conscious of and you manage your load, or is that something you work with your coaches to do? Um, I think it's uh, because I, I've got a background as a physio, so it helps knowing what I'm doing for my own body. Um, but I think the team that work with are doing such a good job. The coaching staff have been really good the whole way through, and uh, we've got good uh, strength and conditioning support. Um, so our load is uh, really well managed, and to help to help that, we actually log every day um, what kind of sessions we do, um, how our body's feeling. Um, yeah, and I mean health-wise at the moment as well is very important. Um, so yeah, we've got they we, yeah, they use the man- the load monitoring system and um, just chatting to us day day in day out and make sure that we're all on the right track. Yeah, great. And is that uh, when you're logging that? Is that a manual thing or is that a digital thing? And I guess what I'm thinking about is how do they manage that data? Yeah, so um, it's on a like encrypted system so you can't hack me (laughs) (laughs) Um, all the Russian listeners all the Russian listeners are going oh damn it (laughs) Um, I believe quite a few sports now using it Um, it's through AIS Um, I'm sure they've done lots of work they're using it a bit because it's been going for a while for um, like research and stuff Um. Yeah, so we log it digitally on our phones. You can do it on the computer as well, but most of us are just on our phones. It's a couple of questions. You just tick the boxes, um, and you're able to, like, generate reports and um, look at your load over the week. So um, some of us who are really interested um, often like to check our loads, especially 
um, as we're coming into camp, knowing um, how we're tracking, whether we need to pick up our load heading into, like, if we know the camp is going to be a heavy load camp or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, um, and trying to, you know, look at how we're tracking at the time to then plan moving forward. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's not bad. It, it does take some commitment. Um, so I will say that there's definitely days that I – the last thing I want to do is get on my phone and log how I'm feeling, but um, but yeah, it's worth the it's worth the commitment, and we've certainly found that um, our our programming has benefited from us being really regular with our uh, logging. So um, for our listeners, Leah is a, a mum of a young beautiful boy, Dino. Uh, how old is Dino now? He's twenty months. Twenty months, or around about twenty months. Do you stop? Do you keep counting months? I don't know when you stop counting months, but yeah, about twenty months. <laughs> yeah, so, so about a year and a half for non-parents. Non-parents. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I think I, th- I think you got an amazing story. Obviously, I know in Australia there's only been Bromen, just one um, water polo. Uh, is it only athlete? Is there, has there been more athletes I'd in say general? There's been more athletes than water polo athletes. Yeah, so, so what you're trying to do is amazing, But and I want to talk to you more about it. But before that, um, did your training have to change much during corona, being a mum and with your sleep and everything? Did you have to adapt? Yeah, so good question. Um, prior to corona, I had a really good I mean, my family and my community around me has been absolutely amazing this whole way through there's absolutely no way to, that I ever get back into doing any of the training or even you know striving for this dream without the support of family so um prior to uh the lockdown period um we had like a schedule my dad would have certain days um looking after you know and Andrew my husband's mother Marina would have um other days my mum would help out where she could um and we had like a massive community doing a thousand shifts a week trying to juggle um, looking after Dino because uh, Uncle you know, Evan, would Uncle time. Evan ever come into it? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you know, yes. you know, Big yes. Ev, he used to, he was very good friends with Ali Vish, James Moore, oh, played Uni. in that Sydney, Uni, that, Sy- that Sydney Uni under 18s team that was like phenomenal junior team. And Big Ev was a big part of that. Oh, there you go, mm. Uncle. Yeah. So- <laughs> Our niece and nephew, um, Max and Marnie, Ev- Evan's children, um, they probably do the bigger job of entertaining Dino. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're obsessed. They're actually obsessed with each other. It's, it's so beautiful to see um, all the cousins playing together. So that's really good. Um, sorry, sidetracked. Um, yeah, so we had a really great system of, um, of everybody looking after Dino on different days. Um, and then when uh, when the lockdown period happened, um, I had to try and figure out how I was going to train with Dino uh, with me most of the time then. And I started doing it when he napped during his days. Um, but as any parent would know, the naps are never certain and you would love to think that they go for an hour, but that's not always the case. Um, so sometimes I'd be halfway through a workout and suddenly have to go grab, it, <laughs> grab Dino and you'd end up doing the rest of the workout with me. When things started to ease, ease off a bit and um, we could like have family around, um, my dad would come around again and um, while Dino napped, um, I would head out and do some ocean swimming and um, different things like that. So probably the t- hardest thing was trying to do a workout when he's awake. 
Um, like, for example, there's no way you're doing a bike set with a baby yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the pedals. Um, but yeah, he's good fun and you spend so much time running around with them that you feel like you've already done a gym set by the end of the day. <laughs> you haven't done anything yet. Yeah, definitely get your steps up. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> for me, and I'll be honest, like I was probably ignorant about um, female athletes in the sense that, you know, like you have to make a choice whether to be a mum or pursue your Olympic um, career. And, you know, before kids, before I had a kid, like I just never really thought of it at all. And then even even when I had a kid, I was sort of didn't really really think about it until I met you. And I kind of like was like, oh, actually, this is really hard. So I think it's cool for you. Like, I mean, I think you're pretty inspiring and, and pretty amazing that you're opening up kind of like a, a template on – how to do it, um, not having to stop your career early because you want to be a mom. And, yeah, like I, I'm pretty stoked for you and it sounds like you got it pretty um, pretty, pretty, pretty wrapped up, pretty, pretty easy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that I'm only able to achieve what I can with the support of family, friends, great coaches, teammates. You know, like I've always known how to train hard. So that part came... It was it, that part came easily, you know. I, I knew how to work hard. I knew how to um, get the job done. The trickier part was making sure that my little one was looked after, and um, you know, balancing the sleep and balancing being away. And yeah, like like for example, we had a camp at the end of last year um, uh, in Canberra for the whole national team had a big stint there. Um, and you know, like I don't I don't get to attend unless my husband you know, is, is supportive and encouraging and allows us uh, to come with me to the, you know, three months of camp. Like, that's, that's crazy. There's not every husband that would be supportive enough to, you know, first be at home paying all the bills working and then allow you to do that. And then for me to even do that, my dad had to come down and um, stay the whole three months with me. So that when I was in the pool, he, he, was, he had um, Dino. And then on top of that, Australian water polo um, allowing me to bring my dad and my son down, you know, like, it's a massive team effort. So, you know, I mean, I'll take the credit for doing the work to get my body back into shape, but I really, I, I, it's all the support around me. I can't, I honestly can't do it without their support. And, and I'm so grateful for that. Is it, is it like a government help or is any, any, any allowance for female athletes that are trying to do what you're trying to do? Yeah. So if you're um, eligible for DAS, which is a government support from, well, yeah, from uh, the government support, support for athletes if you're eligible for that um then you do get some support from the government and they have a they have support for um special considerations if if needed um so yeah there is it's it's probably not a you know a paycheck from working full-time but it's um it's certainly i'm so grateful for the help that um das does provide us athletes and um, you know, we're so grateful to be eligible and um, to have the support of the Australian government to help us because, yeah, every dollar counts and um, parent or not parent, every dollar counts as an Olympian, even just to get yourself helpful to training. It certainly does. Um, what does the what does the roadmap look like for the, the Stingers between now and Tokyo? Yeah, good question. I think... Um, there's still so much that's up in the air. Um, ideally, what we'd love to do is be able to train um, with international teams and be overseas as much as we possibly could. But whether that's actually 
feasible and, and what's going to be feasible is still so unknown. Um, so at the moment, we're keen on getting back together as a group. So hopefully doing um, another few blocks of training together. Um, probably more towards the end of this year, like September starting. Um, just to, again, depends on when borders open up and uh, yeah, when we can get people all in the same place, really. Um, so hoping to work together for a big block at the end of this year. And then there'll be some movement for nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still not certain on how that will look or the timings of that. Uh, but I suspect, or we suspect it'll probably be in the new year. Yep. And then um, hopefully, depending on what travel allows us or you know whether there's lockout periods after you travel, et cetera, et cetera, the, the next year is still very unknown I think probably for anyone who's interested in traveling but um especially with a group of us that would be going off to different places and coming back together and yeah so but we would love as a group to get um international games in and uh yeah as much as we could you see it seems it's going to be potentially easier to bring teams to Australia than going away like uh, is it Jill or Rose they seem like they've got to prove that they're going to move the World Cup to Australia because it seems like it's one of the countries that can't have a sorted except Victoria, I guess, but that's another story. So potentially you yeah, might get um, some teams coming to Australia. I think that would be great as well. Um, we always are, as Australians, we're a little bit further away from um, from the rest of the world. Um, New Zealand's great, they're nice and close. Um, but main water polo world, uh, Europe, um, America, we, we often have to travel. So it would be awesome if they could come here. Um, and, you know, I mean, if there is still restrictions on us traveling, that's a great way to go about it because we're at home. I just don't know what that would mean for other teams going back. Or, But, yeah, it would be awesome if we could get teams out here. There's, and I think that spectators would love to see, if we're allowed spectators, that's another point, but, yeah. <laughs> but spectators would love to see international games in Australia. It, like, it's so great because they're often having to watch on um, live streaming or, um, you know, on TV, so it would be awesome for people to be able to watch um, some great international teams come out and play in Australia. Yeah, like especially That'd if the great. Americans could come out and if they did that up in Brisbane again, but then bring it back, bring it down to Sydney, have the games up in Brisbane, and then have a couple of games down here. It's yeah, I, I can't remember the last time I watched women's test series in Sydney live. Like I mean, in Sydney, yeah. Like I haven't seen Australia play or Stingers play international. I can't remember the. Last time, yeah, you did it. I can't remember the last time I played an international in Sydney. Yeah. But you know the the great thing about having America in Brisbane was that the AYC the youth tournament mm. was on, so it was so good to have um, those youngsters around, um, and they and they were playing games that day, and then they could hang around and watch um, both the women and the men yeah. um, play after they played their games, their games. So that was just. Oh, I thought that was so good. And they timed it so that it was in between the two um, age groups. So they had the first week was one age group and the second week was another age group. So they timed the game so that we played across the two age groups so both groups could um, were able games. to watch some international games. I think that's a brilliant idea. Oh, to try and get us. And yeah. the thing is, because if you do clinics of the morning and even if you do meet and greets of the morning, if they come and watch your training sessions, kids are going to get better from seeing it and kids are going to get better from – Meeting you, meeting the meeting the teams, and getting to know people. Um, and, that's how we grow the sport. And also, I think for me, and I think a lot of young athletes 
um, seeing the whole process, not just obviously when you watch it on TV, you just see, you know, swim off and off you go in a game. But I personally, and I think a lot of young kids also like watching how you rock up to the pool and your warm up and what goes on and, and you know, all the bits and what happens on the bench. And, you know, like uh, those are the things that I think are quite um, interesting for a lot of, um, lot of fans um, and people that yeah, just definitely. love water polo. Um, I wanted to go back three years ago when you won a National League uh, grand final. Um, it was, I reckon, one of the best games I've seen. Not only that, but one of the best goalie performances I've seen. Like, to the point I was like, <laughs> this is unbelievable. You had, like, a most amazing game. Are you just going to give a raps for an hour? What's well, <laughs> were, you, were you there? No, if, but I have seen the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And um, but like what 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 was amazing was like you know obviously you you manage and you don't I mean you see it sometimes but you manage to swing the game momentum to the point the senior unit didn't want to like they started spraying the shots a bit wider and you just yeah. really kind of um so what I want to know is like do you remember what you did that morning like what was your pregame routine wow. um like what I mean it was probably one of the best games that you played as well I'm sure but like but what did you do that particular day. Um, oh, that's a good question. And you're challenging my memory here. I my, remember a lot my, about my after brain. That was after the game. I've got lots of great memories. Um, before the game, I would, I suspect I probably did some just boring random stuff. Um, I suspect I probably woke up at a regular time. Um, not, not early. Um, I think I remember like, it was at um, Homebush, so I remember going to the pool really early and I would just like um, almost like do visualisation or just relax and think about – I love – I'm obsessed with the ocean. Yep. So I'll like – I've got when, – when I go on holidays, we go somewhere where the ocean is and I take all these photos of turtles. So I have heaps of photos of um, the ocean in my phone, so I would like scroll through the photos on my phone and just um, try and chill out. Um, and then the group. Uh, we'd probably get together before the game. We have a good team talk. Um, oh, I would have eaten at some point as well, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be able to tell you exactly what I ate. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Three years ago today, I ate. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I have yeah, a young audience right now is going like, oh, this is such a good information. I'm trying to make it to the Olympics and she's yeah. telling me she had a meal. Great. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but no, if, if we can get into the encryption of her app, we'll work it out. Yeah, we'll exactly. Know. We'll know. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, like, you don't have to be secret with um, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so we get together as a group and we go through the tactics. Um, then we have our own time for rehab. Um, so do what you need to do to get your body ready. Then we come together as a group, do our own team warm-up um, on land, followed by in the water. Um, and... Uh, and then we probably had some shots on goal in the warm up, and then we'll get out, do your um, do your line up, and uh, huddle. Game on. Now, thanks for those <laughs> really <laughs> specifics. <laughs> you know, like uh, thanks. <laughs> that, was, that was great. But if we can just go back with the, with that visualization you were talking about, what what kind of techniques do you use there? Like you mentioned, that you look through photos. Why do you do that? Um, I think because sometimes when I think too much about water polo. Um, I get very much in my head yeah. and, um, and I'll, I'll overthink it. I have a tendency to overdo overthink in my life. Um, and, uh, certainly if I, 
like it'll just go around in circles. So um, taking myself out of that space and um, but, which is why I love the ocean so much because it's so fluid and um, so calm and uh, no, like very, very little noise. Um, so when I'm imagining that, that calms me down and I use um, like, you could do it any number of ways, but I do use different types of breathing. So just gentle um, in and out breathing with um, counts to keep me centered. Um, and then obviously when I'm imagining uh, holidays and turtles, I'm more relaxed anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just kind of anything to um, keep my mind uh, not going around in circles about the game. There, there is a period that I'll, like I will dedicate some time to actually imagining the players I'm playing against. Um, so I use it to relax, but I also use it to focus. So if I'm um, focusing in on particular a particular opposition, I will imagine their best shooters, their highest goal scorers, anyone with a really um, strange or unusual shot. Mm-hmm. And I will actually, actually imagine myself um, in the goals, in the pool with the crowd around me, noise blaring, um, you know, uh, scoreboard, everything on the, on the line. And I'll imagine myself um, saving that particular shot that I do find challenging. And I try and repeat the positive save um, and try and be as much in the in that moment as I can visualizing it. Um, so I'll do that for main shooters. But I actually, sometimes I can end up doing that for far too long. So I actually like to make sure that once I've done that little bit of focus work that I've actually, um, you know, taken myself away from there and, um, and relax and just chill out. What, um, uh, and obviously you, you played Olympics, you play nationally finals, you play big games, uh, got a lot of experience, but w- what are some of the bad advice that you hearing or that you, what's the worst advice you got as a goalkeeper? <laughs> oh, Wow. Oh, that's or or not, maybe not worse advice you got. Like, what is something that you're hearing around that you like? Be like, oh, maybe if you're young athlete, maybe you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I try to forget the bad advice. So <laughs> I'm glad we redirected the question. Um, but probably something that I, um, but I will always like I, when I'm coaching, I like to try and reinforcing kids is that um, that. I'm going to, my body is going to move differently to your body and your body's going to move differently to her body. So I might give you some instructions on how to do a drill or how to be, do, do this particular save, but you're actually going to find a way for your body that might be more efficient. You know, so I remember when I was growing up um, and I just, uh, I, I, I grew up in the Northern Beaches and I just moved clubs to, um, to play at UNSW and uh, I was, uh, very fresh and very young and we had an amazing goalkeeper um Fana she was from America she was she's she's incredible was incredible probably still is incredible um and uh and she was a very very long goalie very very long she could cover the cage just lifting her arm up um no disrespect to her leg work and her skill but she was very long um and I remember she was I would try and do exactly what she was doing. And she's like, Leah, you're going to have to do it differently. You're, you're not, we're not the same person. Um, what works for you will not necessarily be the same as what works for me. So you have to find um, how your body moves and how best to become efficient using what you have. And I thought that was really awesome advice. And mm-hmm. I guess it just reinforces the fact that, um, you know, I have all the skills in myself 
but I just have to find what how to make it work for me. I don't necessarily have to be anyone else. I just be me and the best I can be. Um, and and if I do the right if I do the right work, then I'll get there. It's funny. I tried to pull the same trick by swimming slower in the swim sets. It just never worked though. I'm trying to tell my coach oh, I'm different. Yeah. I need to swim slower. Um, yep, they did never. Still, <laughs> yeah, still didn't work. I don't yeah. know why, but yeah. It still got you from point to point, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm working. I'm just doing it differently, okay? Um, <laughs> you talked before about identifying the best shooters and sort of thinking about that. Who are the best shooters at the moment, in your opinion? Let's go locally first and then internationally. I think that it depends, it depends on how you're, how you're looking at the shooter. You know, are you looking for someone who's got the strongest shot, the most powerful shot? Or are you looking at someone who's got the most finesse, who can place the shot? Or are you looking at someone who can, uh, can do a shot under pressure? Most you know, and I think save, that within our national team, sorry? Most difficult to save, which is probably a combination of all of the above. Yeah. Um, oh, I think everybody, so certainly from a national perspective, um, our whole group have, um, I think they're all incredible. And uh, yes, they have their strengths and yes, they have the things that are developing, but they still manage to get me at a training session every day. So, you know, there's not one of them that I would say that I consistently save 100% of the time. Um, I think they are all amazing shooters and um, they're only going to get better. Um, there's certainly, what, like, uh, I find... Uh, for example, Keisha Gophers, her shot, I find that very fast. I have to be 100% on my um, game for that, um, or, or like having my legs working, having my speed going. Um, I, You know, girls from the left-handed side of the pool, um, if they throw the right wrap shot, um, they get it past me. Um, you know, uh, uh, you've, you've had Rowie and you've had Rowie on. If she throws the right pitch bounce shot, you know, she's got me too. Um same as Amy as well. Like, you know, like they they all have it in our national team. I think we have quite quite amazing depth um, and lots of different skills. And I think that's awesome to have within a team. Um, if I take your question to internationally, um, again, like each team has their different things. I think that the I, I mean, I always love watching the Spanish girls play. Mm-hmm. I think that they have. Um, such they're not again not the most powerful shooters so um i don't necessarily think they're the strongest uh, shooters in the world but their finesse that they have is it's incredible and what they can do how they can move their wrist with the ball is amazing um if i look at america uh, probably a more brute strength kind of shooter um and can shoot under pressure because they the leg strength is great so you know each each team or each uh, opposition will have their strengths and I just have to do my best to develop all parts of my game so that I'm ready for each team when they come up. Good answer. Very, very political. Very, uh, it's almost like you want to hit, hit anyone's feelings. But, yeah, I like yeah. that. We ask this of all goalkeepers. Is there one player that you play against that just has your cash for whatever reason? Like it might, they might not be a national team player. They might not even be a regular first grader, but for some reason their shot just gets past you. It might be because it mully grubs in. It might be because they let go of the ball <laughs> funny. But is there one player that, you, that comes to mind? Oh, that is a good question. 
I used to <laughs> I used to um, train with another goalkeeper, and um, <laughs> this is years ago. But I always remember I could never ever save her shots, and I think that's possibly because she never actually knew where they were going in the first yeah, place. That's a good tactic. <laughs> that was my tactic for a while, actually. Just close my eyes and just throw it. Go on. Who was it? Who was it? <laughs> Alicia Wright. Oh. <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Years and years ago. And she would just peg them with all yeah. her might. And I it was it was somewhat frightening because I, she had no idea where they were going. I had no idea where they were going. Yeah, we've definitely played with a few blokes who were like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tell you what, the um uh, Spanish number six. Oh my god. She's amazing. Yeah. Oh, far out. I love it. She played for Dremoyne, Um two seasons ago. Danny. Was it Danny? Was that the one? Um, no, no, the Spanish. Who are you talking about? The Spanish. Oh, the Spanish got, no, sorry, not the American went to Spain. Yeah. 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 Yep. I don't know why I'm having yeah. a complete mental blank right now. But Rise up. Rise up? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Last night. good. She is amazing. She can throw the ball all kinds of different places from all kinds of different body positions. I think she um, didn't she get an MVP in last World Champs, or she got the best. She, um, she got one something. Of one of the. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, oh it's, my gosh, she's incredible! I love watching her shoot. Yeah, I love watching her play. Really, really good. All right, good. We'll get juniors to look, have a look at that one. Um, yeah. We wanted to get her on at some point, didn't we? Yeah, we'll get her on. Yeah, we'll get her on. Good. If we, can, if we can go back a little bit, so back to how did you get into water polo? Oh, um, I I was a total land mammal, so I ran, um, I played netball, played touch football, um, I did everything on land, and then um, I turned up, rocked up to high school, which was the year after the Sydney 2000 Olympics, mm-hmm. and I'd heard about water polo, and they won a gold medal, and I was like, wow, that's incredible. But then taking my roll call was Debbie Watson. The gold medal, McKelly girls, <laughs> and I could I could not believe it. I was I was a total groupie, and um, just wanted to get to know her. She was amazing in my eyes, and I couldn't believe she was right in front of me. Um, and she held water polo tryouts, and you know I could swim. I grew up on the northern beaches, but I wasn't a good swimmer. Um, and she must have thought, oh my gosh, what is she doing? <laughs> but um, but thankfully there's the goalkeeper's position, which doesn't have to do too much swimming. Yeah. <laughs> So they put me in um, in goals, and that kind of worked out. <laughs> Another handy goalkeeper came from Michaela Girls. Gemma. Um, uh, I wonder if there's a goalkeeper that was actually a really good swimmer. Like, I wonder if there's a goalkeeper that's actually unbelievable swimmer, but they were like, oh, no, you're best. We know some goal. bad ones. Clarky Clarkie can't swim. Uh, when uh, he has to swim out <laughs> to get the ball, uh, it's laughable. Uh, when Danielle had to swim to halfway and swim back. Like, couldn't get there by the time like, she had to do breaststroke back. She was faster. And speaking of swimming, though, have you uh, had to swim out past halfway when you rules? And uh, have you been trusted by your coach to take the, the shot? Yeah. <laughs> I think Tim's, Tim's tried it a couple of times in training. <laughs> I don't know if he'd rate me in a game yet. i got to get some more practice, I think. <laughs> he gave you a massive rap when you were, um, when he was on a pod. He did, didn't he? He gave you a huge yeah. rap. Yeah, huge. Glad, glad that you listened to it. Yeah. I'm gonna start. <laughs> <laughs> he, no. called, he called you the most coachable athlete. Oh, wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Which, which, we consider that to be one of the best compliments. I'm just still filthy. She oh didn't God, listen to wow. that episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally flattered. That's amazing. Well, I mean, I've loved having him as a coach, and I think he's done a wonderful thing with our group and the culture that he's created within our um, National League team has been awesome. You know, and uh, yeah, I think he's I, a legend. I think I think you're safe. He's, you're in the team. You don't need to yeah, suck up okay. anymore. Like, I, think, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're okay. I take it easy. No, I want to make sure he puts me in the in the attack. You know, yeah, gotta, yeah gotta, for <laughs> sure. Um, who, apart from Debbie, who were some of your other favourite players growing up that you liked to watch that you kind of admired? Um, I loved I the probably probably my first um first opportunity in the national team. I was um not I was not in the squad yet, but I um did a large a uh, large part of the training with the two thousand and eight girls when they were in their um, camp in Canberra. And I got to know those girls from a, a different perspective. Um, you know, I, I ended up staying down there with them for many more weeks than I, I was originally offered to come for two weeks. And then I just kept on asking if I could come back. <laughs> so I got to know them on a personal level. When you live in each other's pockets for months, you, um, you can't help but, you know, learn people. Um, and that was really awesome. And um, training with uh, with those goalies was incredible. So I got to train with Alicia McCormack, now Alicia Smith, um, and Emma. And it was so, it was just, it was awesome. Firstly, I, I, I didn't feel any pressure. Uh, and I was just a young, um, the young goalie who could, I like just was happy to stay in the pool. I was happy to be there forever. I was just stoked to even be there in the first place. And um you know, I'd make it my goal to save um, every single one of the shots that came against me. And even if I didn't, it didn't matter because I was just developing and growing. And so all those girls um, changed changed my water polo and, um, and changed me. And um, I got to know them on a more personal level, which is incredible as, um, you know, I, I was young. I was, yeah, like it was so great to, um, to be around all those girls. And then probably um, my relationship with uh, Maka, yeah. uh, the goalie, grew even more over the years. I definitely felt like um, she was an incredible mentor for me and role model. And um, from a goalkeeping perspective, but also from a, uh, a player perspective, like having her eyes um, or having her opinion on the games and having her, um, she also uh, ended up as my coach um, at Sydney Uni for um, a good block of years there, which was which was wonderful as well. So um, I got to see how she coached uh, for a coaching perspective and how she how she worked with the group and um, yeah. So she was a really big part of my um, my development and um, and then you know as I mentioned, Fana um, really really early in my career. And then these days, I I guess like um, just being around all the girls in our uh, in our national team is so inspiring. You know, like you don't, you you rock up every day even when you don't want to be there. Mm. Like you can't say that much about a regular workplace. Mm. You know, if someone doesn't be there, if someone's sick, mm. they, they tap out, you know, which is fine. <clears> like <throat> that's normal life. <clears throat> but I think that for us girls, even on your worst day, you put into the person next to you, mm. you know, and, I think that's pretty incredible. So I, I find, you know, like everyone's going through their own stuff in their own time and we still, we still rock up 
every day for each other. And, but I respect that. And I find that incredibly inspiring. It, it seems that uh, when you're playing games, you seem really united. You can see, see how you guys play. But also shows in your TikToks as well. Uh, it seems that you're really, uh, <laughs> really united, and you're really back each other up. And uh, it seems that uh, Stinger's TikTok game is very strong. Um, who who does have the uh, the best TikTok game? Who's kind of the the leader I, when it comes to TikToks? I, I definitely think Kelly Kearns is our um, nominated TikToker. Um, I know Jack about TikTok. I yeah. probably wouldn't even be able to find the app if I googled it. Um, I'm the worst with technology. Um, <laughs> I think you featured Turning one on of the latest ones. I think so. Yeah, you featured one of the TikToks recently that I was scrolling really? on. That. Yeah, I think Did so. I? Yeah. Somebody obviously took a video of me that I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't know I was in. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, if we just go back to that 2008 group. So for, for our listeners, who were some, some of the players in that group? So that was the era of um, Beck and Mel Rippon. Um, that was Tennille Gophers, um, that was Mia and Jenna Santamarito. Um, I'm probably forgetting a thousand other people. Um, Bron Knox was in that group. Um, yeah, like they're just, and what, Kate Ginter, um, they were just an incredible group of girls who put themselves, uh, you know, they pushed themselves to the limit, you know, they, that was a tough, that was a really tough camp. Um, and a really tough period, and they were made, and they, they, you know, they got the rewards for it. What I love about that story is that the fact that so many athletes would have gone, I'll take the two weeks, and then I'm not invited, so I'll just sort of go home, and woe is me. But you took the opportunity to keep asking, can I come back? Can I keep turning up? I'll do whatever it takes to be a part of this, and that's mm-hmm. that's something pretty special, and that's something that juniors should be looking at and we always talk about speaking to coaches speaking to other athletes and that's a perfect example of it it's influenced your water polo career by just putting your hand up and getting involved action yeah no totally i agree i definitely think i because i mean i think the reason that was so valuable to me was because um my age group missed out on their world champ um i was i was not good enough for to be picked young for a world champ um i had the amazing danielle bauer ahead of me as a youngster um and i so i never actually made a australian junior junior team so being asked to come along to um the national uh girls camp was i was just beyond i was over the moon beyond enthusiastic and um i think that i'm so grateful for the opportunity i was given to attend that camp and, and hence why I kept asking to come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think like I think if you love something enough, you're gonna do everything you can to oh, seek totally. at it and take every opportunity by the horn. Give your physio experience. Um, yeah. what did you learn as a physio that relates to water polo? Meaning like I mean injuries. Uh, how do we minimize injuries as a you know from a physio point of view? What what sort of tips do you have um yeah, for young athletes and, and more specifically to female athletes, I think um, it's quite easy to um, put boys and girls together, even though, you know, yes, we are equal, but our bodies are so different. Um, so, yeah. you know, what, what are some of the tips um, for not, not, not just the female athletes, but even just like a male coaches coaching female athletes? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. You know, in terms of. I think of, that's really yeah. interesting. You should ask that question because actually I work as a women's health physiotherapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so quite specifically related to females. Um, I think, uh, let me talk specifically about my experience and, um, and you know, how, how I've needed physio over the years. So, um, uh, water polo uh, has meant that I'm doing a hell of a lot of egg beater and my hips, um, need to be looked after. Um, if you grind your hip bone in its socket long enough, it's not going to be happy about it. So, um, I've. Uh, done lots of rehab over the years on my hips and making sure that um, that my glute muscles are really strong and I'm not overusing uh, my adductors, my groin muscles. Um, so just got to keep my glute strength up. Um, but also, uh, more importantly, over my last you know few years, has been looking after my pelvis and my lower back. Um, and, you know, I think it's relevant for any female, let alone a female that's trying to push their body to do sporting uh, challenges, so we say. Any sport, not just water polo, yeah. um, is more what I mean. In um, And looking after your lifting and looking after your um, pelvic floor and your core to make sure that um, you're, you're essentially working the right muscles and not just going out with brute strength. Yeah. Um, especially coming uh, coming back from having a child. So, um, you know, like it's, this is so relevant for our community female athletes or, you know, your, your L1s, L2s who still want to play competitive um, sport. And or, or even even your, um, you know, general uh, uh, F45 or um, your Gym, your regular gym goers, we'll, you know. We'll, these we'll, days. we'll edit that F45 thing you said just yeah. in a second. Don't worry yeah. about that. Don't worry about it. TRH training. You mean, yeah. you mean yeah. don't worry about it saying yeah. F45. I'll, uh, you know, like. It gets a pretty good rap on this podcast, doesn't it? Anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, just edit that part out, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll edit that one out. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like it's just so important that um, women do look after their pelvis. And um, the muscles of the pelvic floor and your core muscles. So not just doing your sit-ups, not just doing your planks, but actually using um, the deep muscles of your core to make sure that you're um, you're controlling your torso as a cylinder. Yep. Um, and while you're doing that, make sure you're breathing because the diaphragm is the top of your cylinder. So um, activating the whole torso um, uh, from the pelvic floor, core, and diaphragm um, in a functional manner. You know, so planking is is great if you're going to sit all day in a you know bridge position yeah wonderful but you know in 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 everything we're doing in our life we're not just static we're we're mobile we're moving we're dynamic um and you have to be able to to keep a really good torso control and pelvic control to be able to do that whether that's water polo whether that's netball whether that's um you know regular gym goers um and i think that often gets missed um, with most sports, with uh, you know, men and women's sport, but also with women, and especially after, um, after children. Yeah. What um, what about? And this might be so male listeners, they're probably going to tune out. But in terms of, <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably you know, to be honest, it's I, I do coach a few female athletes, and I've always been curious because all the research is done on males because it's easier in terms of hormones. It's much, much consistent and easier to, you know, figure out stuff. Um, in terms of female body, um, have you had to change stuff or do you girls change stuff in terms of your diet, for example, when it's, you know, 
probably too much information was that time a month or when you're coming out of it or whatever like uh it's um and and, and this is uh, this is kind of aimed for female listeners and also male coaches <laughs> <laughs> um i think at the moment and i'm i'm not privy to all of the research but i think at the moment they are starting to look into stuff like that yeah. um and i think probably as a female you kind of um figure like you kind of work out what you might need individually and that's the tricky thing with um with some of the research like you said a lot of it's on males um but also it's really hard to um not nut down what's going to be right even within within a group of women you're going to have variation yeah. so i think it's um it's it is really challenging to try and study it and i think even now we're still looking for more research into it um but certainly i think um you know different people will have their different strategies and um you know like even with things like traveling and um, what is available in terms of diet and options is um is tricky so that's always something else to kind of factor in but um but certainly i think that um I've lost track of the question. Sorry. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was more about eating. You just wanted to. You just wanted to ask yeah, it, ask yeah. the question again. <laughs> yeah. No. Nah, it was more. Yeah. More. More. Yeah. More so I, of- I think we still need more research, essentially. Um, and I think you will. We'll each know our little things. Yeah. Um, that work for us, but I don't know if there's a big body of research that's um that's looked into all the different types of and variation within, um within diet and exercise and training for female athletes, really. We, we do get a lot of questions on diet and exercise on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and again, like I'm always hesitant to give diet advice, A, because I'm not qualified nutritionist and we're all different. Um, but, I mean, you as a female athlete, Australian elite athlete, and, you know, hanging around with all the elite athletes, what is kind of the common nutrition, um, not not diet as such, but what 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 do you guys sort of stick to? What's your um, advice? Yeah, I mean, I think I'll talk about my personal experience, yeah. and I would say it's all about balance. Yeah. You know, um, yes, you need to make sure that you're um, that you're getting all the good stuff in, and you know that if you don't get the good stuff in, then it's going to be very difficult to perform and get the gains you want to gain. Uh, want to get sorry? So, like, if you're not putting the right fuel in. You can't expect the um, car to run smoothly. Same thing with the human body. Um, And that's not saying that you can never have um, your ice cream, you can never have your chocolate, but it's all in balance and all in moderation. Um, And probably the biggest thing for me is that, you know, I can have an off day where I don't do the right thing, but I know that if I have repetitive off days, it's going to affect what I'm doing in the pool. It's going to affect what I can lift. It's going to affect how well I can recover. And do I really want to sacrifice all the work that I'm doing just because I've had or, or I just you know to have a shit week um yeah so I'm not saying you can never fall off the bandwagon but it's all about consistency and giving your body the right fuel if you um and and that includes making sure that you have the right fuel before the session so um we've done you know we've had quite a bit of um work with the group on making sure because we are doing long sessions we are um in, we're in the pool, we're out of the pool, we're doing, we've got big days. Um, and if we're always playing catch up with our fuel, um, we, we potentially could be getting even better at bigger, more dramatic results um, if we loaded before the session or if we maintained our um, fuel with throughout the session. Um, so not just playing catch up the whole time. It's actually making sure we have enough fuel in the tank 
to go the whole session and to um, withstand all the pressure we're putting on our body with all the training. Yeah, well, I mean, what I find really interesting is like water polo is one of one of the few sports where you we, when you travel um, to different countries, especially Europe, nutrition is so different. So you might have to adapt from going from Italy to Hungary or whatever. And what we learn from Corona now as well is like how much nutrition has to do with immune system and being healthy and stuff. So yeah, I feel like it's going to be potentially advantage for Australians to yeah pay more attention to kind of creating a metabolic flexibility. Uh, it's a bit of a bit of a fancy word at the moment, but did you, yeah, like did you just read that article this morning. Yeah, I was just trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you just Google, I was trying to be smart. He's dropping the literature now. Yeah, I was just uh, trying to be smart. Yeah. It sounds smart. I've been criticised on this pod, like I'm just here for humour, so I'm trying to be smarter. <laughs> You've been pretty serious today. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I sides with Leah, like she's she's good. Um, but yeah, like I, I think I'm curious to see if you guys end up doing anything more in that space in terms of you know. Yeah, I think probably the the trickiest part about um, travel and uh, food is that for the tournaments where you're at the specific venue. Or you're, you know, you're all living in the same hotel, for example. Yeah. Um, it, you are there, there are limits to the options. Mm-hmm. You know, Olympic Village, very different story. There's a thousand different options. Um, there's, it's massive. There's, there's always fruit. There's always veg. There's, you know, even for breakfast, there's vegetables available. You know, mm-hmm. like so, Olympic Village, very different. But when you're in a um, probably smaller environment where it's um, only a couple of teams, um, your options are. Uh, limited you know there's not there's not always going to be exactly what you want so it's about making sure that um one you take snacks from home so um be it your protein um be it your tuners there's obviously transportable things nuts if you can um they have to have packet sealed etc etc um but uh yeah so making sure you pack the right um stuff to kind of outlay if you're um if you're not getting what you need from the venue um but yeah, and then sourcing where we can um, supermarkets to kind of get fresh stuff when we need it. Um, but it can be tricky because, you know, you, you might get off a plane, you might have to dump your stuff and go straight to the pool. Yeah. So um, lucky we've got such a good um, support staff that can try and track down those things that we need and um, bring extras in the kit bag and kind of thing like that. I remember uh, 2001 World Junior Chance, Jimmy was there, but we stayed in a different hotel. Um there was uh, it was a hot. It was in Turkey, and I remember it was hot. It was stinking hot, and uh, they had like the water cooler in a full court with just like a juicy thing. And I remember everyone was drinking it, and everyone that had a drink got like the worst food poisoning. Like so, like half oh. our teens were just crook. Um, oh no! Yeah, so it was shocking. But yeah, but like the I guess did, the Turks didn't stay at that hotel, did they? No, <laughs> yeah, like, we couldn't afford to. I wonder hotel. why that was. We couldn't afford to. I wonder to why that hotels. was. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it's like a we, we did a thing last podcast of water polo problems, and this is probably more serious water polo problem, but yeah, like you have to be really careful with water, food, um, when you travel, and especially in Europe, it's just so easy yeah. to um forget. And you know, sometimes you know, we'll um, sorry, you go. Oh, I was gonna say, even like brushing your teeth, you know, you forget that, yeah, that's exactly like what a, I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> copycat. yeah, you have your water bottle, um, bought water. Yeah. And then you're using it on your toothbrush, and then the days that you forget, you're like, "Oh gosh, what have I done?" That's it. So uh, this, this this would be a water yeah. problem. I was going to say, yeah, first trip to Europe we ever went on was an under 17s trip straight to Italy. They only had fizzy water. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. 
none of us none of us had ever had sparkling water before so we're all trying to drink that while you've just come out of the pool you're huffing and puffing you're drinking fizzy water worked out pretty quickly how to say aquanongasa aquanongasa yeah One of our first podcasts, we spoke about your your team that was, you know, pre-corona when you're on the way to Italy and then you end up in Canberra. Um, yeah. But we joked around, like, if you did get stuck in Italy for three months, um, I, I was of opinion it'd be actually grouse because you just eat pizza and, and uh, gelato. <laughs> but the question was, who would you want to be stuck in a room with for three months in Italy? Like, which teammate? Would you want oh, to I'd very happily be stuck with um, with any of them, but I I think Keisha and I have probably already done a three month stint together, in- and we we came out of it alive. So, <laughs> so I think we'd be totally fine together. We'd probably drive each other up the wall, but um, but <laughs> yeah, we'd come out alive. <laughs> Who will be the worst roommate in Italy for three months, stuck in Corona in a room? I don't really have any problems with. I think, you know, in the past, I would maybe say um, Holly Lincoln Smith um, (laughs) because she would take over the entire room. You wouldn't have a square foot even of your bed. (laughs) But these days, I think, I mean, I'm fine rooming with anyone from our group really easy. Everyone's like, we, you know, there's obviously your day, you have your days, especially if you ask me to say three months. But (laughs) I think I'd I'd be fine with anybody. That's very nice. Very nice of you. Um, before you're talking about, um, I guess, w- women's sports on this long overdue, incredible trajectory. Um, there's now profes- so many different professional s- women's sports in Australia. How's water polo going to compete to get the best young juniors into water polo? So now that there's there's just so much competition from from other sports that, in my opinion, aren't as good as water polo, but if they're paying the money, that's where top yeah. athletes are going to go. Yeah. I think um, probably the biggest thing would be access. You know, like I didn't, I didn't learn about water polo until, or I didn't get access to water polo until high school. Um, and I know things are probably better than when I started, but um, even so, we can be offering, um, you know, programs or training camps to um, youngsters much younger than high school. Yep. Um, you know, there's the whole flipper ball movement that um, New South Wales water polo have um, opened up for schools to run. So um, I think it's, there's the only way to get more people involved is to give more people the opportunity, but that's, that's from schools, but also, yeah. for, sorry, from primary schools, but also you need a, somebody coaching it, you know, sure. it doesn't need to be a water polo person, but they have to know about water polo to even get that far. Um, so I think that probably the biggest point would be just access and then giving them a, uh, giving the kids um, a competition and a filter through to more high level um, higher level clubs and etc. So, for example, growing up on the northern beaches, even now you still don't have a national league club um, on the northern beaches. You do have um, your pathways through to other clubs to try and uh, get those kids um, kids playing in a national for a national league club. Mm. But but that still relies on the fact that you know people can move and get around, and that's not always the case. You know, if I can play um, netball locally. Um, and I have to travel an hour for water polo, some people might not be able to access that. Well, even two um, hours, if you've gone from northern beaches to Sutherland, mm. like that's that's a lot for a Wednesday night or even a Sunday night. Try every night of the week. <laughs> <laughs> what would a, what would a northern beaches team be called? Like, would it be like a... Or the breakers. 
No, no, the national team. No, no, the national team. Would it be like a Manly Lobsters or what would you? Marlins. Sea cucumber. Is this? Is there? Because it wouldn't be good off the first year, you know. So they'll probably. I would. I would be hoping for something a bit more dramatic, maybe. Maybe like oh, there's already. Maybe like dolphins or something a bit more dramatic. Turtles? Like, uh, <laughs> I love turtles? turtles, but they're a bit slower than you might want. That's all right. That's all Slow right. and steady yeah. wins the race. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but the um the club that operates out of the Northern Beaches is the Sydney Northern Beaches Breakers. So there yeah. is a club there. Um, it just doesn't have a national league. It they, uh, obviously there's a pathway for kids through to the uni um teams. In fact, yeah. I'm sure that they would be open to they're moving anywhere around Sydney if it was accessible. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's one example. Ah, it sounds good. That's good. But I like that. And then just building your profile, like everyone who we've had on here is so articulate and they've got a great way about them and I think we should be doing everything we can to promote our athletes and get them in front of kids, get them out to schools, get them on TV. Going, I know you've done a fair few interviews, but um, we should be doing more. Yeah, I mean, I love talking to kids. Kids are great. They they have so much potential and they're so full of life and um, every chance to dream and they just don't have like I watch the way my son looks at the world and he just has no limitations apart from me telling him not to you know put his face in the toilet or something crazy but you know like he has um he has he's full of potential there's there's nothing that that he couldn't do at this point and I think as we get older we often limit ourselves and we um you know be it other people be it ourselves be it the the environment we're in everything seems to be a roadblock but if we could just open open the opportunities up and give people as much access as we can, then that might not be the case as we get older. Yeah, and kids do get inspired by that. Like I still remember when the the one of the um, hockey players came to our primary school and showed us his bronze medal. That was uh, I think that was the ninety two Olympics. Like it still sticks in my head. You know, did, like, did you end up playing yeah. hockey or what? That's a big uh... no. But he gave me a, <laughs> no. But he gave me a lot of his kit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Leah, thanks very much. Uh, is there anything else you want to kind of finish up, or is there anything any, we didn't any ask advice you? Advice for youngsters: um, never give up. Yep. Um, that's probably been the biggest thing to me is that um, one of the greatest quotes that I absolutely love um, is a quote by Thomas Edison, the inventor of the modern light bulb. Um, and he says that he, he tried 10,000 times before he got it right. Um, he says many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. And, um, that for me, uh, has like held me true over the years, you know, never made a junior team. Um, you know, took a long time to get onto the national team, took a long time to go to my first Olympics. Um, but I always just hung in there and never gave up. And probably was too stubborn to give up. <laughs> and I knew that I loved what I was doing. You know, I if you find something you love, why like why not pursue it? You owe it to yourself. You know, if you found a place of happiness, you owe it to yourself to to keep doing that. Right. So yeah. Uh, that gets, yeah. it gets me really pumped up, actually. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. And, yeah, like I hope I – mean, I wish you all the best for you personally and, and obviously your team. Hopefully you get a gold medal. And, well, it's yeah. been 2000 was the first and last, wasn't it, the uh, gold medal for yeah. – So, 
yeah, like, and I reckon you girls are a massive chance. So um, looking forward to watching it and hopefully Thank Olympics you. happens sooner rather than later. Yeah. yeah. Good. Follow us on our journey. Tokyo 2021. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, does that mean you're going to go again? Because it's only, only going to be three years. Uh, only yeah. three years between. Goalkeepers get better. <laughs> Goalkeepers get better with age. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take one day at a time, gut boys. Yeah. <laughs> getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Cheers, Liam. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for playing carpool karaoke. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. It's been a pleasure to, pleasure to chat today. Thank See you. you. Bye. Bye. See ya.